0: The Gospel of Mark in chapter number two, the Gospel of Mark in chapter number two, and uh, we've got food waiting, so if you say "Man, I preach faster, which means we get to lunch faster, and uh, Mark chapter number two. I'm going to read the text for us this morning to save just a few moments. Follow along, please. Verse 23, near the end of the chapter. Mark 2, verse 23. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful. Let me give you a little commentary as we go through. According to Deuteronomy 23, 24, and 25, the Old Testament law provided for folks, to uh, th- those who had farms, and uh, when they harvested their fields, uh, they were not to harvest the corners. Uh, they were not to go back over after they had harvested, and that was to be left for passerby's, Uh, people on their journeys, it was to be left for the poor in their area, God is a very thoughtful God, and so it was not illegal to take, uh, to go to someone's field, and corn is, uh, uh, we we think of one uh, corn here, means just corn, the uh, ear of corn, but corn is a broader word, it's a little bit like the word food, uh, but it means, uh, it could mean barley, wheat, so forth. But anyway, you go by someone's field and you take uh, what you need and the stipulations were you couldn't put it in anything. You couldn't put it in a bag or a sack or something like that. So it was just for your physical hunger and that was part of God's law for his people. And so the, uh, the Pharisees here are criticizing the Lord Jesus and His disciples for doing just that. They're in the course of their work. They, it's lunchtime. They don't have anything to eat. They take some of the grain or whatever it is, whatever field they're passing, and they eat a little bit on their way to feed them. And that, uh, but the, the Pharisees uh, uh, would, uh, would uh, go beyond that and find reason to criticize uh, the Savior and his disciples. Look at verse number uh, twenty five and Jesus responds to these religious uh, uh, religious people, uh, uh, not believers, religious, <laughs> religious. Uh, and uh, he said to them, "Have you never read what David did? That was one of their obviously uh, heroes when, he when he had need and was hungered, and uh, he and they that were with him how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests and gave also to them which were with him. So Jesus, his rebuff is this. What about David? What about one of your heroes, David? David, the showbread uh, were uh, 12 loaves of bread that represented the 12 tribes of Israel and the priest would bake that bread fresh each week and it would stay there. the end of that period, they would eat it and bake fresh bread and replace it. And David is running for his life. David is in the will of God. And he's, because of jealousy, uh, Saul is after him. And David uh, is, uh, needs food. And, uh, and so uh, he took of that showbread and ate the showbread. And, uh, and that was justifiable in the eyes of God. And uh, that was the Lord's answer. Verse number 27, here's our text. And he said unto them, now remember who's speaking, this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to the religious leadership. He said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. I want to speak to you on that verse there. The Sabbath was made for man. Father, please, I need your power and your help. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let Jesus Christ be exalted in this message. And may those who do not know him personally as their Savior be drawn to him today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Sabbath was made for man. Now, the word Sabbath uh, uh, comes from, of course, the Hebrew word, uh, that simply means rest. S- simply means rest. Uh, and so, uh, this Sabbath principle, by the way, uh, the Sabbath principle was established all the way back in the Garden of Eden. God Himself uh, practiced uh, a day of rest after He created the world in six 24-hour days. The Bible says, "On the seventh day, He rested." So, this Sabbath uh, was made for man. This this principle. Uh, uh, and then when I say Sabbath, I'm talking about the principles that were personified in the Sabbath. For example, uh, 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 rest, a time of rest. Everybody needs rest. Everybody needs rest. And so the the principle of rest was established or strengthened in that uh, 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 Sabbath uh, principle. Uh, do you know in... Uh, on November the twenty fourth, nineteen excuse me, seventeen ninety three, during the French Revolution, the French decided that they could be more productive as a society if they established a ten day work work uh, a ten day week rather than a seven day week, and so uh, in, uh, in the French Revolution they began uh, and they thought well we'll be more productive people will work more we'll be more productive we'll be thus more prosperous. And so they started on November the 24th, 1793, a 10-day work week. Guess what happened? The 10-day week. It was a total failure. Uh, Productivity plummeted rather than increased. You know, God's pretty smart about things. Amen. And God said a principle all the way back in the Garden of Eden. He made the, uh, the earth and everything in it. And, uh, and then he said on the seventh day, he rested. And God uh, knew that we needed rest. Rest allows for rejuvenation, for our, uh, for our strength to be regained. You can't, listen, sometimes you can go if you need to. You can go 24 hours without sleep. You can go however, 48 hours. Some of our our first responders will go sometimes days without rest, but you can't go indefinitely like that. You need rest. Uh, The Sabbath provided for a time of reflection. Listen, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. One reason our society is becoming detached from God is because there's no stillness in our life. There's no quietness in our life. There's noise all the time, constant distractions. And the discipline of being quiet before God is what allows you to get to know God better. Uh, Reflection, thinking, meditation, which brings reverence. Your love and respect for God will grow as you sit quietly and think of Him and read His Word and talk to Him. Uh, It uh, it encouraged uh, reliance on God. Part of the Sabbath principle, this is very interesting to me, part of the Sabbath principle uh, uh, in the Old Testament was that the seventh day was a day of rest, but the seventh year was a year of rest for the land. And again, we're talking about an agricultural society. So that you think, well, how in the world, if you're a farmer, how can you make a living if if on the seventh year you let the land rest? In other words, you didn't plant. On the seventh year, the sabbatical year, you, you, you couldn't plant crops according to the Old Testament law. You said, well, how in the world they survive? God promised back in Leviticus chapter 25, which I had time to teach you all these, but the scripture in the Old Testament, he said this, he said, if you'll honor this principle, I will make the harvest of the sixth year so great that it will provide for the sixth year and the seventh year and enough until it comes time for harvest in the eighth year. And God did keep that. That's not all. There was not just a, a, a weekly Sabbath, the seventh day, but uh, uh, but there was also there were also uh, special Sabbaths. Sort of like our holidays. Easter is a holiday. Uh, Christmas is a holiday that most of us celebrate. But uh, in the same regard, a Sabbath was much like what you and I would think it was a holiday where something was commemorated and there were special days uh, in, um, in the nation's life and those were com- commemorated. And those were also called Sabbaths. But there was also a, a, a 50th year Sabbath. There was a, a it's called the year of Jubilee. And on the, uh, on the 50th year, God, uh, according to to, to his Old Testament law for his people, God said all the land goes back to the original family owners. That was one of the things. And if you had become, uh, if you had been, Uh, uh, had to go into servitude. Let's say you had a debt, for example, you incurred a debt, you couldn't pay the debt, and you had to serve someone in order to pay that debt because you didn't have the money to pay your debt. Maybe you borrowed money in a business venture, for example, and it didn't go well, and so now you owe a lot of money, and uh, God expected you to pay what you owe, and, uh, and uh, there was no claiming bankruptcy like today. Uh, but you, that means you had to serve. And uh, maybe you could serve that off in a year. Maybe you could serve it off in two weeks. Maybe it would take years. But if you had a debt that was so large that it, 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 uh, that, they, that it took you much time when the fifth, to pay the debt, on the 50th year, all of those debts were released. All of those debts were released. So, for example, for the sale of money, excuse me, sale of land, the sale of land. If you bought a piece of property, you could not buy it permanently. On the 50th year, it would return to the family. And of course, the cost of land and so forth would be adjusted based on how many years to the next year of Jubilee. But you know what that was? That was God's, uh, one of the things that was, that was God's uh, way of saying, listen, depend on me, trust me. Lean on me. Let me provide for you. It was also God's way of discouraging centralized power, safeguarding against centralized power, and encouraging personal productivity. These are biblical philosophies and ideas. God wanted every family working their own land and providing for themselves. And he didn't want centralized power and people forced in to providing for others. Uh, anyway, but, uh, but it taught responsibility. So the Sabbath is for rest, rejuvenation, reflection, reverence, reliance on God, responsibility. Think about this. The, Ju- the year of Jubilee followed uh, the sabbatical year. Remember every seven years was a, 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 a the, the land rested? Well, guess what? Same thing on Jubilee year. So you talk a real test of faith was every 50th year, because again, if you're a farming community, right? You, you make your living off the land, and God said, on the seventh year, don't plant, let the land rest. Well, what about seven, 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 seven times seven is 49, right? So the 49th year was a Sabbath year. Everybody with me? That's followed by a year of Jubilee, so you talk about a test of faith, the 49th year and the 50th year, God said, Let the land rest. Whoa. <laughs> what? We make our living farming. Now, there's probably two years worth of repair to be done on the farm. Fences to fix and so forth. I'm sure there's plenty getting busy. But God said let the land rest. What was that? That was a perpetual lesson in faith. Believe and trust me. He said that doesn't make any sense. Uh, from a human standpoint, you would be right. But God was teaching his people to trust me. I, I, I'm gonna show you that I can provide. And you go back and read Leviticus 25, the other Old Testament passages, and you'll find that in that sixth year God gave him a harvest that was so great it provided for the seventh year and the eighth year uh, which would be the year of Jubilee and into the next year until the harvest came the Sabbath principle was a way of God helping man building man's faith teaching man personal responsibility teaching man building man serving man helping man that was the purpose of the Sabbath Now, notice what else he says here verse 27 The Sabbath was made for man. Next statement. And not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to help man, to build man's faith, to aid man, to serve man. Man was not made to help the Sabbath. Man was not made to build the Sabbath, to aid the Sabbath, to serve the Sabbath. But God said, I didn't make man for that. I made the Sabbath to serve man, not man to serve the Sabbath. Now look at verse number, chapter three. I'm gonna show you a story. And again, keep in mind, this is Jesus speaking to the religious leaders of his day. And he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they, these religious leaders, watched him, watched Jesus, whether he would heal them, him on the Sabbath day. Why? What's the next phrase? That they might accuse him. Look at me for just a moment. It's the Sabbath day. It's, it's the weekly Sabbath, the seventh day. Jesus is in the, uh, in the, uh, 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 the temple there. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, or in the synagogue, rather. And here's a man... And he has, he's got some kind of affliction. His hand is withered. And there's the religious leaders who were trying to pick Jesus apart. The same ones that would have him crucified after a while. And they're watching him, looking for an opportunity to criticize him. And to uh, delegitimize him. And, uh, and to minimize him. And so they watch, they're watching him. Because they know Jesus has a heart of compassion. They know Jesus heals the sick and Jesus cares for the broken and, the, and, and, and He loves people and that He uh, had been known to heal folks. And so there they are sitting there just waiting, watching see. Let's see if He's going to heal on the Sabbath day. They had, listen, the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees had turned the Sabbath principle inside out. They had, they wanted... People to be subservient to their religious system. They wanted man to serve the Sabbath because they were in charge of the Sabbath. They were self-appointed in charge of the Sabbath. You with me? These religious leaders wanted to use religion to control people and cause people to have to serve their religion which was represented by their Sabbath day. So here's what they did. They watched him that he that they might accuse him. Here, listen. Here is the sinless Son of God, full of compassion, who will give his life uh, a little later uh, to die for the sins of mankind. And here are these religious leaders, and they're watching him. They're watching him. Why? Uh, so they can learn something. No? So they can get some help? No? So so they can uh, uh, identify a need and help meet the need? No? Are they watching him so they can be a blessing? Are they watching him so they can find some encouragement? Are they watching him so they can find something to praise? Are they watching him so they can compliment him? Are they watching him so they can follow his example? So they can witness his power and witness his compassion and witness his care and witness his love and witness his concern and witness his tenderness and witness his Heart for this man with the winter head? No. They watched him so they could point accusing fingers. Say, see, 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 you're, you're, you're not of God because you're not part of our religious system. Hogwash on religion. Yeah. Listen, this book does not teach religion. I don't care what religion you claim. I, God, this book doesn't teach a religion, it teaches a relationship with the living Son of God. Amen. So there they are, watching him. trying to criticize them. They wanted to accuse him. They wanted to slander him, they wanted to criticize him, they wanted to gossip. Him. They wanted to catch him doing something wrong. They wanted to diminish him, hinder him, discredit him, they wanted to smear him. That's why they watched him. Jesus said this: "The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. These religious Pharisees had literally made a God of the Sabbath. Let me folks listen to me. Religion, religion supplants God. Religion takes God's place. Again, I don't care what religion you're talking about. The word religion is in the Bible uh, eight times. Seven of the eight, it's in a negative connotation. Only one time is it a positive connotation. People say, me, I asked them, hey, let me give you a gospel. Break. No, I'm not a religious person. I'm not either. <laughs> Neither is God in his word. Religion speaks of a system that man puts together as to how we think men ought to behave and how men ought to act and what men ought to do and ought not do. Uh, but, but Christianity and, and a relationship uh, is a relationship with the living Jesus Christ. Amen. By the way, when I say Christianity, I'm not talking about Catholicism. Catholicism is a religious system just like any other that teaches salvation by you do good things, you earn God's favor. Nobody could ever earn the favor of a holy God. If you and I have a relationship with God, it won't be because we impressed him. It's because he had compassion on you and I and came to us. We can't reach him, but he can reach down to us and he did so when he gave his son to die in our place. These religious Pharisees had turned the Sabbath principle inside out and had made a God, little G, God, Of the Sabbath. Then they condemned anyone who would not worship their God called the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was a, the Sabbath day, by the way, the Sabbath, the Bible says when Jesus came, all of those shadows, the the Bible is called a, a shadow. If I had a spotlight on me, you'd see a, if a spotlight was here and it was on me, you'd see a shadow cast that way. And the Bible says all the Old Testament ordinances, the Sabbath day, the holy days, what we would say holidays, uh, uh, all those, the sabbatical year, the year of jubilee, the weekly day of rest, all of that was just shadow. There's no substance in it. But if you were, Brother Hamilton, come up here for just a minute and just stand on, on uh, maybe right there on the lower floor, floor for just a moment if you would. If there was a spotlight shining on Brother Hamilton then you would see a glow on top of his head and I'm sorry uh, but, uh, but if there was a spotlight shining on Brother Hamilton then the shadow would be this way. So if I come in the door and I see a shadow and I start following that shadow and following that shadow and following that shadow and following that shadow the, oh, then I would bump into the one who cast the shadow. Are you with me? Let me say something, friends. Listen to me. All of those Old Testament, uh, uh, the, the sacrificing of animals, the Sabbath days—they had, there were good, there were good principles. Uh, they they helped man, but they were made to help man. Man was not made to help. The the Sabbath. Man was not made to serve the Sabbath, to serve the days of rest, to serve the sacrifice, sacrificial, whatever. Man was not made to serve a religious institution. Whatever goodness can come out of organized anything, it it is it is it will help man to be a better man. But 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 the, the old testament principles, we might call the religious principles, such as the Sabbath, were simply a shadow to point you to the one who casts the shadow. And that's the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Colossians says that when he went to the cross, he nailed all those Sabbath days, all those holy days, nailed every bit of it to the cross. Amen? Amen. Listen, what, what good it would, would, would it be for me if I, if I have, uh, sweetheart, stand up for just a minute. Here, I have a picture of uh, my wife and I uh, on our 25th anniversary five years ago. Suppose, suppose I go home and she wants to talk to me. And she starts talking to me. She says, Calls my name. And uh, calls my name. Hey, John. And she's trying to tell me something. And I'm just. I, and she's trying to talk to me. She says, What are you doing? I, I'm admiring your picture. I'm all about your picture. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm all about your Now, that, make, that makes sense. But listen, that's religion today. Religion is focused on a shadow when when the substance when the substance is right in front of you. You understand? Thank you, sweetheart. Uh, I don't ask for permission ahead of time to do those kinds of things, but anyway. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate it. The house was made for the boy, not the boy for the house. Your house, dear family, dear mom and dad, was made for the family. The family was not made for the house. Look, I think kids ought to be taught, kids ought to be trained, but if there's tension in your home because the vase has moved two inches from where it was supposed to be, who moved my face? You've got that thing upside down and backwards. The house was made for the family, not the family for the house. Does that make sense to everybody? The house is a place where you come and you enjoy and you sit at the table and so on and so forth. But, but if you can't enjoy the house, if you can't live in the house, the house is, is, is a showcase and that's all that it is, we're missing the point. Uh. School was made for the boy. The boy was not made for school. You kids can say amen right there, right? The school was not made for the boy. The uh, uh, the, the school was made for the boy. The boy was not made for school. Listen, we have a generation, literally, that is worshiping at the altar of education because education is the path to this. Now, you get all, especially if you're a tither, get all that you can, But let me tell you something. The Bible said, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Your life is a sad life if your life is only about what you have, material things. No. Uh, 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 The school was made for the boy. The teacher is there for the boy. The boy's not there for the teacher. Bruce Phillips, my dad, led Bruce Phillips to Christ when he was a teenager. And he's the national spokesperson for Saxon Math. And he said something profound. One day he stopped by and helped us uh, with getting uh, curriculum and so forth like that for our school. And he said something profound. He said this, uh, what is the purpose of a teacher? Now that seems like a very simple question. He said, you'd be surprised how many times I hear, well, the purpose of a teacher is to teach. He said, absolutely not. The purpose of a teacher is to help students learn. He said, What's the, what's the difference? One is teacher-focused, the other is student-focused. You understand? The teacher's job is to help the students learn. Now, you get up and stand and teach your whole textbook, but if nobody learns anything, you're not a successful teacher. You're a successful teacher as the students learn. It's the same principle. We get our focus on the secondary instead of the main thing. Let me give you some quick lessons. Everything we do should have a purpose. Everything we should do should have a purpose. The Bible gives us that purpose in Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 and 1 Corinthians 10 31. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible tells us that we were made for God's pleasure. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. 1 Corinthians 10 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You and I were made to bring honor and glory and pleasure to our Creator. Amen? That is our purpose. That's why, listen, that's why if you live for yourself, If you live for the dollar bill, if you live for some uh, uh, elite status, if you live for a name, if you live for popularity, if you live for fame, you will lead an empty life because you were not made for that purpose. You and I were made to praise and glorify and honor our God. Amen? Listen, no more than you could take a goldfish and put it on the limb of a tree and say, Chirp, goldfish, chirp like a bird. That'll be one miserable goldfish. And no more that you can take a robin and stick him down in a pond and duck his head in the water and say, swim, Mr. Robin, swim. That's going to be one unhappy bird. Why? Because a fish was made to swim and a bird was made to fly and you and I were made to praise and honor our Creator God. Amen? Amen. To, if you live for yourself, you chase pleasure. Listen, you know it doesn't satisfy. Well, I found something. Boy, it makes me feel good. <sighs> You know it done in there. Then, then, then. I know I've done their funerals. Some of you in this room right now, you're on that path right now. And the devil's lied to you and told you that life is about pleasure and life is about feeling good. Listen, you'll never know satisfaction. You'll never know what it is, a a sense of purpose in your life and a sense of satisfaction until you learn that you were not put here to have fun. You were not put here to fulfill your own depraved, sinful desires. You were put here for the glory of Almighty God to bring praise and honor to Him. That's why you were put on this earth. Let me tell you something my different. By the way, I'm not demeaning you. I'm not criticizing you. I don't look down on you. My heart aches for you if you're caught in that vicious cycle. My heart aches for you. Please understand that. I love you with all my heart. I want to do everything I can to help you. But the best thing you can do is learn that that is an endless, hopeless road. And if you think you're driving down that road, you're already being deceived. You're not in control. There's something in control of you. But I got the good news. Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. And there are folks sitting among you this morning who have been down that road, but Christ saved their soul. Amen. My dear friend, listen to me carefully. Everything we do should have a purpose. In, in Mark chapter 6, let me give you an example. Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus told His disciples, He said, let's go into a desert place and rest a while. They had been going, the Bible said, they'd been going so much, early, late, they hadn't even have time to stop and eat. Listen, listen, listen. And Jesus said, "Let's go to a desert place and rest a while." You know why? A desert place would be a quiet place, a place of rest. You know what we do? I say, "Oh, I'm so tired. What do we do? We go to an amusement park. Everybody okay? We're busier on vacation. We're busier on vacation where we're getting some rest than we are when we're working. Help me. We've lost the purpose of the principle. Everything ought to have a purpose. My life's purpose is not to have fun. If you chase fun, you will be perpetually sad. You always have to have something that's more exciting and more exhilarating and more realistic and and, and more violent and more whatever to satisfy cravings that can never be satisfied. When you indulge a fleshly appetite, you will never satisfy. You only feed it. And you have to have more and more and more. Listen, my dear friend, you and I were made to praise the Lord. Now listen, sometimes you get worn out in the Word, you need to... Pull over, rest a while, go to a place where you can reflect and think and get some rest and come back. Why? So you can be rejuvenated to go back and fulfill your purpose. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. Don't forget your purpose. Don't forget your purpose. You say, Pastor, why do you emphasize soul-winning so much? Always talking about soul-winning, soul winning, soul winning. Why do you do that? Because the Lord said in John chapter 15. When you bear much fruit, therein is my Father glorified, Jesus said. God is glorified when we bear much fruit. Well, guess what our purpose is? Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, all to the glory of God. You want God to be glorified? you got to get in the business of bringing others to Jesus Christ. Amen. The sad thing is this. It's that we let the procedures and practices become the main thing thinking that those procedures and practices can help us fulfill our purpose. My dear friend, they can help us, but they must not become our purpose. Don't get so focused on the practices and procedures that you forget your purpose. Our purpose is to bring honor and glory to God. Amen. Our purpose is to accept God's ultimate gift to us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son our purpose on this earth to open our heart and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and show the world that God is love by putting your faith in his son who gave his life for us on the cross this is our purpose don't let good things become the main thing in your life don't let good things become the main thing in your life you listen you know you know why we don't have a bunch of icons around here? You know why I don't have a bunch of statues around here? Because in much of religion, the focus has become on icons, on statues. And people say, I'm going, I like to go there because I have a religious experience. Now, listen, I'm for pretty buildings. Nothing wrong with it. You want to have green glass, purple glass, blue glass? There's nothing sinful about that. But what, what happens is, is folks get focused on the ornate building, on the icons, on the statues, on this and that. So, oh, oh, this is just so wonderful. No, no, no. He's wonderful. Amen. That's why I don't like crucifixes. I don't like crucifixes. You know why? Jesus is not on the cross. He rose from the dead. Amen. What are you wearing him on the cross for? He ain't on the cross. Hey, Amen that symbol of the cross is a symbol of love amen it's a symbol of love listen my dear friend our focus ought to be on christ our focus ought to be on him and to bring honor and glory to him sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath let me speak to god's people for just a moment let me get very practical Sports was made for man. Not man for sports. You see, what this world has done, listen very carefully, what the world has done is this. The world system has many, many people worshiping at the altar of sports. Stay with me now. I'm not against sports. Amen. I'm not against sports, but I'm against everything. Anyone becoming subservient to any system, whether it's a religious system or a sports system or an entertainment system, that makes their life about something other than bringing glory to God Almighty. Jimmy Clark's uh, 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 with the Lord now, and uh, but I remember him giving the testimony here. His his boys are excellent baseball players. Play baseball. They play baseball. And uh, Wednesday night, church started at seven thirty. Wednesday night, seven fifteen. Sons on the pitcher's mound. But the coach knew, all the players knew, at 7.15, he was coming off that pitcher's mound. Why? Because he didn't serve baseball, he served the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And if baseball could fit around that, hallelujah. But, it, uh, but, but they didn't fit church around baseball, they fit baseball around church. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Eric Liddell was Scotland's representative in the Olympics. And uh, years ago, and Eric Liddell found out he was a dedicated believer. He loved the Lord Jesus Christ. His his life brought honor and glory to Christ. And he was an athlete, an excellent athlete. And those two were in harmony until he found out that the Olympic race was going to be run on Sunday. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't run on Sunday. I'm in church on Sunday. His, many in his nation Literally turned called him a called him a traitor, and Eric Liddell kept his conviction. He said, "I'm sorry. I, I, my sports life, I work it around my relationship to Christ. I don't work my relationship to Christ around my sports life." And so he didn't run. I think uh, I think it was a mile run. Forgive me for the details. But uh, it ran on Sunday. He didn't run. But there was another race open, and uh, he didn't train for that one. But but he ran that one instead, and and, and won a world record. I think God honored him. Exercise is for the man. Man is not for exercise. Stay with me here. I'm I'm making you uncomfortable. Smile. It'll be over in a few minutes. Exercise was made for man, not man for exercise. I got news for you. Nobody, but nobody, but nobody ought to be so in love with their body they strip down to next to nothing So they can stand in front of cameras, gloss their, their their bodies up and that's godless. I said, that's godless. My Bible teaches modesty. My My Bible teaches me that your body ought to be for the eyes of your spouse and your spouse only. That's what my Bible teaches. But we have folks that, that literally worship the exercise industry. And by the way, if you have to put yourself in a compromising position or dress immodestly or do, uh, put yourself in a position where you could be tempted uh, to indiscretion, get out of Dodge, friend. There is another way. Amen. 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 Again, I preach shorter and faster when you say amen. <laughs> I, I, this principle, education, same thing. Education in many circles has become indoctrination that destroys our faith. And let me tell you something. If you can't get educated and stay a God-fearing, born-again Christian who brings honor and glory to God, you'd be better off dumb as a box of rocks. Amen. Now listen, I'm just, we're in the world, not of the world. But you go into that world as a believer, and you stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Boy, we got folks among us that have done that and told me the stories, and I love it. I love it. But listen to me. The Sabbath was not made for man. The Pharisees turned something that was good, that helped man and helped man be what he ought to be and helped man bring honor and glory to God and they turned it inside out and they said, no, no, you're supposed to do this and this and this and this and this. They put themselves in charge of it all and they made a religion, uh, if you will, or a God, little G, God of their little religious system and wanted folks to come worship it. Let me tell you something, my friend. This book is not about religion. This book is about a personal relationship With the the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. amen. Here it is in a nutshell. You and I are sinners. We've sinned against the holy God. And as a result, we are under the condemnation of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Eternal death. You and I are not just physical creatures. We have a body, a soul, a mind, if you will, and a spirit. Man can worship God. Man can make moral, conscious decisions... Animals live by instinct. I believe animals have emotions. I believe animals can love you and you can love them. But animals do not make moral conscious decisions. They live by instinct. What makes you and I uniquely human, listen carefully is that we have a spirit. The Bible says they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The difference between you, this plant right here, these flowers right there, they're beautiful, they're alive, uh, and they have a body, if you will. Uh, 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 an animal would have a body and a soul, but you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. You have the capacity to make moral choices. You have the capacity to worship God. And your life is not about having fun with your body. Your bo- your life is not about... Uh, uh, your, your soulless region I'm, I'm, I, I, my ego and what people think of me and I got a great person out I know your life is about worshipping the one who spoke you into existence Amen. formed you out of the dust of the ground breathed into man's nostrils a breath of life man became a living soul listen you and I were made in the image of God made to bring honor and glory to God and you can chase everything this world has to offer you can chase religion you can chase dope you can tra- tra- chase immorality you can chase money and you will lead an empty life and a tragic eternity. But if you realize you're God's special creation made in His image to bring honor and glory to Him. and Your life is not meant to serve any religious system. Your life is about a relationship with your Creator the one who came to earth and gave his life on the cross for us. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus Jesus because he first loved me. You will never be happy. If you live your life for yourself, chase the dollar bill, chase the booze, chase the dope, chase the women, chase this, chase that, you will lead a miserable, empty life. You've missed your purpose. Listen, I don't care how strictly you follow any religion, you'll lead an empty life and a tragic eternity. Why? Because your life isn't about a Sabbath day. It's not about laws of the Old Testament. Rules of this religion, rules of that. No, no. Your life is to bring honor and glory to God. And you cannot honor God if you reject his son whom he gave to save us from our sins. Jesus loves you. And your life is about a relationship with him. If you've never received Christ as your savior, I hope you will today. All men are sinners. The penalty for sin is death and hell. Separation from God for all of eternity. But Jesus took my place. Pay for my sins, and He and He alone can save my soul. You got your keys with you? Keys? Anybody want a? Uh, anybody want a four wheel drive, heavy duty, um, Dodge, Ram pickup truck? Anybody want one? Billy, you want one? <laughs> okay, all right, Bill. Amen. I just out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to give you a Dodge Ram pickup. Aren't I a good person? Is he going to have something to say about that? I think probably so. Can I give his pickup truck away, yes or no? Why? I didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for it. The Bible says this. It says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know why the Lord Jesus is the only one that can give you eternal life in heaven? Because he's the one who paid for it. He paid for it with his own blood. The only one that can forgive your sins and give you eternal life is the one who paid for it. Would you bow your heads, please? Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. I wonder today.